I haven't really talked about it on the show very much. My wife, Kara, is a very private person and doesn't like me sharing too many personal details on the show. Uh, Longtime listeners will probably have picked up on some of this over the past year or so, but we have really been through a lot. I lost my business during COVID. Really, I lost pretty much everything. I ended up selling my business for a tiny percentage of what it had been worth, and I found myself in a situation where we had to move. I moved my pregnant wife across the country looking for better economic conditions. And I have to say, Kara has been incredibly brave and strong through this whole thing. She got on a plane to a place she had never been to start a new life while carrying a new life. Once she got here, she decided to start a new business a month before she's due to give birth. I've also had a number of health problems through this whole thing. Kara is due on the 22nd of December, and I just got another medical bill in the mail yesterday for $1,100 that's due on Christmas Eve. I don't do a whole lot of begging for money on the show. I really don't like it. But we have a lot of bills coming due and more to come, and I don't know where else to turn right now. We have been producing this content for you for free for about four years now. We have over half a million downloads, more than 112 hours of content, almost 200 episodes, And I was always just happy to bring in enough from donations and affiliate commissions to pay for the hosting and some of the equipment. This show has never been about making money. We are so thankful to everyone who just listens and enjoys the show. I know everyone has suffered during this time, and I'm not alone, and I'm not going to ask for a lot. There are about 2,500 of you who are dedicated listeners. And I really need most of you to set up a donation for at least $1 a month. I don't want this to be a burden, but all of us can spare a dollar. And the value of what we have produced is far more than that. I normally say that donations and affiliate commissions will be used to support the show. But this time, those donations will be used to pay for the medical bills and baby supplies until our new business here gets rolling. You can set up a monthly donation using PayPal or any credit card by going to MessyStudioPodcast.com and clicking the yellow Donate button at the top of the screen. The donation will appear in your statement as either Core Publication Management or Tick Digital Media, which is the new LLC that I will be using to pay taxes and manage the business expenses for the podcast. Once again, that's MessyStudioPodcast.com and click the yellow Donate button and please send us a dollar. I really appreciate all of you. Thank you for your support during this difficult time. On with the show. Hello and welcome to The Messy Studio with Rebecca Kroll, the podcast at the intersection of art, travel, entrepreneurship, philosophy, and life in general. I am Ross Tickner, Rebecca's audio producer, podcast guru, and her son. On today's episode, we are talking about staying adventurous. As children, we all explored constantly. The world was new, and we needed to try to figure things out, push boundaries, and make discoveries in order to grow. Most of the time, we were totally absorbed in these activities and found them enjoyable. Artists in their beginning phases often show a similar attitude. They are willing and eager to explore, play, and experiment in an open-ended way with few expectations. But once artistic maturity sets in, we tend to settle into more predictable practices and may lose the urge to explore. There are important benefits to finding your groove and sticking with it, but how can we keep an inventive and adventurous spirit alive at the same time? 
With me, as always, is Rebecca Kroll. Hello, everyone. So I thought I should first talk about what I mean by artistic maturity, because in this podcast, we're kind of comparing that stage of your art life with um, earlier phases. And to me, it's a point in your life when you, uh, your technical abilities, your ability to handle the media and to know, you know, the basics of art and all those things, um, they are on a par with your ideas and what you want to express. So you have something to say and you have enough, have had enough practice um, and understanding to, to say it well. And that, and that can take a long time. It's, it's not always smooth and easy, but what I'm talking about is, you know, you have kept at it and discovered some way, some way into your work that tends to produce results that satisfy you and um, that you're communicating to other people. And it's sort of, as you mentioned in the intro, like a groove, you know, you're in the groove and you're, you're cooking along. And um, I would say it's also having an authentic voice. So it's not derivative. It is something that you have discovered, you have found over time. And I suppose ideally um, maturity is means your work is consistent, um, of high quality in all the different ways that we judge art and individualistic, but it's also open and exploratory, and that's what we want to talk about today. And I also want to mention that the artistic maturity isn't something we measure in years as we do with personal maturity. Um, at least to a large extent, um, it definitely takes a lot of practice to get there, but um, it still can be achieved by people who start an art practice later in life, because um, if you if you get into this later in life, you are simply a more mature person, and you come into it with a better sense of yourself and what you want to express, so you kind of have um, a leg up there. And so all of this is a little bit hard to define, but it is a word that gets used in the art world and, you know, somebody is in a mature phase of their work. And so that's my attempt to sort of describe what I what I think that would be. Um, and I, I also wanted to talk about this today as kind of a follow-up to last week's interview um, with Laurie Rosenwald. And she talked about embracing and even encouraging unexpected things to happen in your work, in your life, as a way of staying loose and a way of staying open in a creative sense. And also, I think what came through when she talked about it was an enjoyment um, of that, of being that way. And so um, I wanted to go into this more deeply for anyone who feels they've kind of lost that feeling of uh, exploration and joy, really, um, that kind of spirit of adventure and spontaneity, that maybe it's gotten a little bit lost as you as you head towards artistic maturity and and you know you're you're focused on consistency and you're focused on your personal voice in a way that makes you recognizable, makes you, you know, who you are. And, you know, that's that's a necessary thing. That's all good. But we don't, I guess what I want to say is we don't have to lose that other part um, of what we do, which is that more perhaps 
childlike part, the part that just says, I'm going to try something, I'm going to do this because I want to do it, I'm going to see what happens. And it's been on my mind uh, right now also because uh, I'm on a residency in Ireland right now. I'm, I'm broadcasting from Ireland. And I've just been spending a lot of time just playing with materials, just seeing what happens and enjoying it a lot. And it feels like a, a different attitude than what I normally experience at home. And I'm, I'm kind of trying to catch that and take it home with me. <laughs> um, yeah, I think once we start getting paid for our work, there tends to be a perspective of opportunity costs that comes in where you think, uh, is my time is too valuable to spend it playing around with things that are not putting money in my pocket. Um, but with uh, with creative endeavors, you really need to be exploring the whole time yeah. because you start to to lose that that novelty in your work and that um, that sense of of something new and exciting. Well, yeah, and, and and you know you do see a lot of artists in their maturity um, appearing to be in sort of production mode, you know, and that they their work becomes rather predictable because. It's what, well, it's what they're known for. It's what they've been doing for a while. They've gotten very good at it. And and yet, I think when when people do branch out, um, it's exciting. And, and people, the audience, the viewers like to see that. And I think that it's, it's actually a very um, serious and legitimate way to spend your time um, at any phase of your career or your art practice. And I I think we just don't do it enough. I know I don't do it enough. And I, I've been, you know, here in Ireland, just sort of filling up my studio with little works on paper and little mixed media adventures, you know, <laughs> and, um, and also doing some of my other more developed work on the side. But it just um, hit me that you know, is this is a really good way to use residency time, and and it, it tends to be true. I think a lot of people, when they when they take time out from their regular lives that, and go on a residency or do something else, and I'll talk about some other ideas about that in a bit. It does sort of um, allow you to to step outside your normal, you know, way of thinking, way of approaching, and expand, um, and. It it is I I just feel like it is taking yourself seriously to do this play, <laughs> um, and and when I've come on residencies in the past, uh, sometimes I have had a project. You know, I've had something that I wanted to work on, but um, oftentimes it has been this more open ended kind of thing, and. Um, you know, since I've, like I said, since I've been here at Ballon Glen Arts Foundation, I've been doing these mixed media pieces on paper, and um, and I just love that spontaneity and this kind of messiness of it. And um, and if I don't like it, I throw it away. <laughs> that's that's kind of liberating. Uh, and you know, that's kind of counter to the sense I often have that I have to fix everything, I have to keep everything, and make it work. And I've just been pretty casual about, you know, tossing it if if I'm not happy with it and, and putting the ones up on the wall that I do like. And then I feel surrounded by this kind of interesting energy. <laughs> um, 
And another kind of game I've been playing with myself here, and this is just an example of, you know, some way to sort of get into this, but I, over the years, because I've come to Ballon Glen um, every year for nine years now, and I have built up a little uh, store of, of paint because I would tend to leave, you know, a half empty tube here and they've been nice enough to put it in a box and put it away from me. So I'm looking at all these little bits and pieces of paint, and because I'm kind of messy, it's a little hard to tell what color they even are because they're grubby looking. <laughs> so as sort of a game, I've been just you know squeezing out whatever color is in there and using it. And this, this is a sort of random approach to using color, and it's really been fun. I mean, it's it's opened up some ideas and things like color combinations I wouldn't have thought of and um, just, you know, saying, well, let's see what happens. So, so those are the kind of things that, you know, I've been doing that are helpful. And, and, and there's other ways to approach this. And I guess, I, you know, I also want to say, of course, because we always talk also on this podcast about it's important to have intentions and it's important to have focus and goals. And, and you know, these are all things that are important in an art practice. And I don't want to dismiss that at all. But, you know, having these sort of things off to the side is is pretty helpful. And I, I think if if you don't ever do this, things can get pretty rigid. <laughs> and I I think it's kind of a confidence issue, really. Um, you know, we, we can become too concerned with the image. You know, what are we projecting? What do people think of us as? As you would say, Ross, what's our brand? You know, we don't want to go off brand. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it's, it's this sort of you know, being pretty concerned with what your identity is as an artist and what can that, can you expand that? What can you also include in that? And, you know, it just makes me think of, you know, if we're talking about maturity, that there's a lot of adults and older people that kind of get averse to, to trying things that are new or challenging or different and adventurous. There's sort of this you know, resistance to that and emotional resistance. And so, you know, how does that work when you're, when you're making art, you know? Right. Well, and, and when I talk about brand, you know, and, and especially in terms of, of artists, I, I'm, I'm talking more about personal brand. Um, and, uh, and I think that personal brand, as long as you're being honest with your audience about who you are, should stay consistent uh, I mean, there's certainly elements of our personalities that maybe we don't display to our audiences. Um, but I mean, for you, you know, I don't think that your studio is ever going to be clean. <laughs> you <know? laughs> you I mean, think? <laughs> the, the I think that I think that that I think that the messy studio brand is so undeniably you that you could completely <laughs> change your artistic style, and you you know your work would still seem like Rebecca. Yeah, and and. You know, I won't argue with that. Um, and I think it's very interesting. I've noticed this happening with, with friends of mine or with other artists, and they'll do something quite different and say, well, I don't know, though. Does it, you know, it, is it still me? Does it look, would you know it was my work? And usually, as a viewer, 
I can honestly say, yes, I would know that was your work. Even if I can't quite put my finger on it, you know, something comes through that is um, that person. And so I, I suspect we get a little overly concerned about um, how far we can we can branch out and still be recognizable. Um, and, you know, it's just, it's like, what is this balance between our goals and our expectations and our plans and that spontaneity and that, you know, just seeing what happens. And, and I don't, I don't think there's any one right answer. And I think, you know, I don't know how to describe that answer, but it's an interesting thing to think about. And at least, you know, give yourself, um, you, the listener in your studio, the, the time and space to at least occasionally do something that seems to you very different. And, um, and as we're just saying, it's also pretty likely that if you show it to someone, they're not going to see it as all that different. There is something about you, you know, that comes comes through. Um, and I, you know, if you look at kind of icons in the art world that that would be very mature artists, you know, that you can you can see that occasionally, and it's kind of exciting. People do things that are in a completely different medium um, and a different approach. I'm thinking just the thing that comes to mind is um, the artist Cy Twombly, who's known for these large gestural paintings, and he does these wonderful little sculptures, and I didn't know that he did them, and I just came across them in a museum, and it was delightful to see that, okay, um, he, he has this other thing that he's interested in. And I think that's a sign of a mature artist that they have the confidence to pursue something that's that's really different. Um, you know, if you've kind of you've been working at this for a while, you've gotten some legitimacy as an artist. You've been doing this deep and focused work, and and then you have these little side trips. And I think that as the viewers of that, um, that's that's pretty interesting. You know, it shows that the person is extending themselves and and being adventurous. Let's take a minute to hear what's new from Cold Wax Academy. Rebecca and her partner, Jerry McLaughlin, want you to know what's ahead for the remaining live weekly sessions of Cold Wax Academy's fall quarter. Three guest artists are scheduled to appear before the end of the year, and several Cold Wax Academy members will also be invited on to discuss their personal and unique ways of working. These sessions will provide an exciting wrap-up to the fall quarter's focus on technique. Winter quarter will launch in January with new topics, guests, and opportunities for interaction. As always, members have access to recordings of all previous sessions, including everything from Cold Wax Academy's first year. It's easy to join as a new member anytime, and your favorite sessions are always available to watch again. Please visit www.coldwaxacademy.com for details about membership levels and to sign up for a year of fascinating learning experiences. And watch for some exciting holiday specials on Cold Wax Academy products coming soon. So once again, visit Cold Wax Academy at coldwaxacademy.com. All right, let's get back into it. So uh, let's talk a little bit about what if you feel like 
you have gotten kind of constricted. You're, you're, you've got a lot of self-imposed limitations on what you do. And, and it's an appealing idea to try something new, but you're not quite sure, you know. And I would say starting with um, something that makes you feel kind of happy just to imagine it. <laughs> You know, maybe maybe the idea of making sculpture and you've never done anything in three dimensions, it just kind of makes makes you smile, makes you think, oh, what would that be like? Um, and, and it wouldn't be every medium that would appeal to you or every approach, but I'm willing to bet that most people that have been focusing on one thing have another thing in the back of their mind that, you know, kind of interests them. And you can think of that as just kind of an aside. I mean, I've been thinking of these things I've been doing here at Ballon Glen as kind of asides. I mean, it's almost like a name of a series, uh, kind of a side trip, and done for their own reasons. Um, I'm not sure they're going to lead to anything. Um, but what it what it is, really, and, and for people who are listening, it's sort of... Um, practicing an attitude to do something different and that attitude of of being open and being experimental can play into your other work even if there's no real obvious connection and I was talking about Cy Twombly I wouldn't say I saw an obvious connection with his sculptures which were you know very geometric made out of like pieces of wood painted and I wouldn't have seen a visual connection I don't think but what I did see was that um, he was open and he was going to play around and experiment with something. And that's a really good thing to practice, you know, that, and it's, it just counters that tendency that many people have to be a bit rigid and defined in what they do. Um, well, and if you, if you're not engaged in your own work if you're bored then that's going to come through that's you're not going to create work that is exciting to other people if it's not exciting to you yeah. uh, I, I was just having a, a conversation with Kara about this the other day because uh, we just started a, a little flower delivery business here um, and she's a very talented floral designer yeah she really is and actually if, if any of our listeners are in the uh, the Panama City Beach or Panama City area and you need flowers for anything uh, her business is Upper Grand Design and Floral, and you can find uh, find it on Facebook or Instagram. Um, but uh, I mean, it, I, we we were kind of trying to nail down, you know, price brackets for things, and and trying to create some designs and things like that. And uh, and I told her, don't get too rigid with it. You know, make sure mm -hmm. that you're having fun because if you're not yeah. having fun, then it's not going to be exciting to other people. Yeah. I think that's true. I think there's a there's sort of an eyes glaze over thing when um, audiences for your work see the same thing over and over. And yes, you know, it's what they expect. And yes, there's going to be variations that are interesting. But you have to be very finely tuned in to understand those variations. Um, otherwise, it can seem like, I think I've seen this painting 10 times already, <laughs> or whatever it is. Um, I mean, I think that's a mark of a, of a serious mature artist, that their work is recognizable, that it is identifiable. Um, but hopefully we see different threads coming through the work, coming out at different times, and, and sometimes also that really different sort of thing that I'm talking about. Maybe the artist... Uh, 
decides to display photographs. And that's another thing I've noticed. Um, the artist Sean Scully comes to mind. He's, he also um, uh, exhibits photographs. And then it's really interesting seeing what connections there might be, because he's a very abstract artist. And I just think this is all um, exciting for the audience. And it is it does give a sense of pleasure and a sense that the artist themselves is, is feeling that pleasure uh, in, in exploring. Well, and as a creative, you want to be sought after for what you're creating. You, you don't want it to just be a placeholder on, on a wall or in a space in somebody's home. You know, mm-hmm. they can they can find that anywhere. You want to be yeah. sought after as this person uh, creates things that are really special. Yeah. And and it's and there's a dynamic aspect to it that it does grow. It does change. Um, and I wanted to talk a little bit more about like ways that if you if you feel like you are that in that sort of repetitious category, <laughs> um, artist residencies are are really good because there are times that you sort of step out of your normal life and you can, you know, shift gears. And and yet a lot of people can't find the time for that. They typically last um, at least two weeks, if not more like two months, you know, and you're away from home and, and doing things. And so I do know artists that create their own residency uh, to their own specifications. So picking an area, a place that they want to be, and maybe finding an Airbnb or finding something somewhere that they could work for a little while, sometimes with friends, sometimes alone. Uh, but just stepping away from normal life for just a short time, you know, a week, two weeks, 10 days, whatever works, and just um, treating it as as an aside, as a time that uh, I'm going to see what happens, and I think when you're when you're always in your own studio and you're always confronting your past and present, it it can be a little inhibiting. And if you can't get away, I would suggest periodically take everything down off the wall, put it away, put everything away that you have been working on. And this is something that I do in my own studio when I feel like I need something fresh, because. I find that I'm always looking at that older work, comparing what I'm doing now to that. Uh, can I do something like that again? You know, <laughs> and it it's okay uh, because I do like my work to be connected. But at some point, it can also feel like constricted. So simply the act of taking things down, putting them to the wall, doing something, can really be helpful. Um, just to, as kind of a release. Um, yeah, change it up. Change it up, yeah. I would also say, you know, consider taking a workshop in something that you're not familiar with at all because you're going to be a beginner <laughs> there, whatever it is, if it's different enough. And you don't, there's no pressure to be good, right? It's just, I'm just trying this for the first time. I'm a total beginner. Let's see what happens. And and that gives you an opportunity to step away from your your own mindset as somebody who's pretty good at something, who is mature, who's been working at it for a while, and see um, you know, what new direction you can take. And a, and a workshop that was focused on technical abilities and opening up new ideas um, with a with a new medium would be really exciting that way. Most of the time artists can't help but bring new experiences into their work. So even learning something that is totally unrelated to art, it's 
most likely going to oh. offer you a new perspective on something, engage mm-hmm. in a new experience, and that's that's going to give freshness to yeah. what you're creating. That's that's a good point. And and the thing that comes to my mind is travel. You know, if you um, travel to other places, even close to home, but um, that can affect a lot of things in your work. Or, yeah, learning something, learning uh, a new skill that, as you say, isn't related to art in some subtle way, if it's all connected, you know, that's that may energize you in some way in the studio. And um, I think that point of, of realizing that there doesn't have to be a direct connection is a good one. Um, and I and you brought up something early on saying, you know, you may feel like you're wasting time or you you feel sort of guilty about not doing your main thing that makes you money or whatever. And I would say overall, this is just not something that has that you can think of in terms of cost and benefit analysis. <laughs> well, I can think of everything in terms of cost benefit analysis, <laughs> but I get your point. Let it go. <laughs> I mean, I think it's what you were saying to Kara, you know, it has to be fun too. And and what, what you know, what can you put on that as far as, um, you know, that kind of analysis? You know, there's, there's plenty of ways to make money. And if you're not having fun with it, then it's not worth it. Yeah. So that's, I mean, I think that that's true of everything and especially with art, because if you're not having fun with it, then that, that is going to come through. Yeah, I think so. Sometimes I, I guess people... You know, we've been talking about all this stuff about loosening up and all that, and sometimes people do need uh, some sort of step into that, some kind of structure. And I, I mentioned a couple of the ways that I'm playing with materials here in Ireland, but um, you know, if you need to give yourself a little direction, that's fine. Um, and maybe there's, you know, you just can have an intuitive feeling that, hey. I'd really like to explore color more. I feel like my palette has is always the same, or you know, maybe it's composition or or a different medium, um, and and just let that be your entry point. I'm going to play with color. I'm going to play with composition, and off to the side, and just see what happens. And it could be that you want to respond to something like music or poetry that interests you and that can be a really good way to just the whole point just to sort of step aside you know step outside of what's feels normal um and it's 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 an open door you know and and to feel that a little bit of uh that spark and when you feel that spark this this excites me this is great um that's your motivation then well do you have any final thoughts to wrap up this episode I would say let's not be stodgy grown-ups when it comes to art. <laughs> we started out talking about that joy that children have and that um, attitude about play and experimentation and not being attached to you know expectations or results. Kids are very much in the moment, and and those really uh, can be very important aspects of your work as you mature as an artist and i think they indicate confidence that you can you can still be you uh no matter what it is you're doing and also that you know that there's a range of expressions that can come from your 
your true self because we're not the same person all the time, are we? You know, there's a lot of different aspects to us. We're complex people. And I think too often we shut doors to parts of ourselves that could be exciting. Um, I guess, you know, focus and intentions, you can, they are important. You can think of them as kind of the roadmap. And then there's all these opportunities for little side trips as well. All right. Well, that just about wraps up this episode of The Messy Studio. For more from The Messy Studio, please check out www.messystudiopodcast.com and sign up for the email list. You can also find The Messy Studio on Facebook, as well as public profiles for both Rebecca Kroll and myself, Ross Tickner. For more from Rebecca Kroll, please check out www.rebeccacroll.com and Cold Wax Academy at www.coldwaxacademy.com and sign up for the email lists to stay up to date on events, book signings, and openings. The Messy Studio Podcast is a core publication management production. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week with more art and entertainment. In the meantime, embrace your creative space, messy or otherwise. Thanks, everybody.